Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just a quick note before we get started that this is part of our Blast from the Past series, where we celebrate one of the incredible women in tech from our archive. And if you're a new listener or you're just looking to be inspired, dig into the back catalog. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from. Enjoy the episode. When I started working in the game industry, I did not have such a good experience. And when I lost that job, I basically wanted to create a space where everybody would feel included. And so that was the main motivation. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This Women in Tech road trip is powered by Kia Nero Touring. Yes, Kia provided us the most fuel-efficient, comfortable car to be our mobile podcasting studio as we drive state-to-state Los Angeles to New York celebrating Women in Tech featuring them on the Women in Tech podcast. First of all, it has cooled seats. It has the most silent AC. You can't even hear it. I leave it on load during the interviews and it is perfect. No disruption at all. You have fuel efficiency because it's hybrid. It comfortably stores all of our stuff. And there's three of us in this car with a ton of backpacks and mic gear and video gear. The Kia Neuro Touring is phenomenal. Simply could not be possible without Kia. A huge thank you. Enjoy the Women in Tech road trip series. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I'm in Montreal, Canada. So excited to meet all these incredible, incredible women in tech. And today we get to focus on community. So Roberta really focuses her energy on uniting community so women in tech have a place not only to learn how to code and learn how to be in the tech industry, but also how to move forward, gain their professional careers, and accelerate. Mm-hmm. Roberta, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Okay, so go ahead and formally introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Roberta Voulon. Uh, I started a nonprofit not too long ago called Les Pitonneux here in Montreal. Uh, and the attend was really to get a lot of different kinds of people together who are uh, people who have a non-traditional background and want to go into tech. So that includes women. And then, yeah, so we've started about uh, end of 2015 with that idea. Right. And I've been working on, on that idea since then. And now we actually have a proper talent incubator up and running. Uh, so we have a 12-week program. And so you've had it for two years? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So this, it's, it's hard to say when did it actually start and right. when did the idea come and when did you actually start building it. But, right. 
I would say we've been we've been around since for two years. Now. That's awesome. Yeah. And what was your vision in building a talent incubator for the tech industry? It was really to get uh, everybody who has a non-traditional background together and sort of change the culture of tech. Uh, I myself did not have such a good experience in tech, and I wanted to make a difference and really have an example of like what you could do yeah. uh, to change that culture. Yeah. We have a space where people are welcome and feel included. That then could become an example of how you could actually have a tech company that's inclusive. And now you say you didn't have the easiest entry into the world. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your story? Yeah, so I've, I've always worked in tech uh, since I got out of school, basically. And I worked in localization engineering. So localization is basically when you take uh, software or websites or a video game and you make it multilingual. Right. So I was doing the technical part of that. So I was working with files in many different languages and it started out really, really interesting You basically because there were no tools out yeah. there and you have to figure it out as you go. And then um, at some point, sort of towards the end, well, the end of my career, I started about 20 years ago, so it's been a while. And so, so somewhat, sometime I got, I got working in the game industry yeah. and that was really tough. Well, it was tough just being a woman there, but also I felt it wasn't, uh, I wasn't supported by other women. Right. And so for me, that was a really tough uh, thing to deal with. Right. And uh, I lost that job slash quit. <laughs> I lost it because they basically were letting me go. Uh, they, they, they cut a whole slice of, of jobs, right. including mine. And uh, that was just at a time when I had written my letter of resignation. So yeah. that was really good timing yeah, for yeah. me. And so after that, I, I took some time to get back up and I decided to, you know, came up with that idea during Startup Weekend of having a talent incubator. And basically, I've been working on it since then. And you don't just have the talent incubator. You also put together community events. And yeah. some of them are called Code and Coffee. And yeah. tell me more about the events that you put together. Yeah. So the first thing that we did was really starting just a meetup group and having coffee and coach together. And just like having people together who are also on their laptops and might just put headsets on and not talk right. to anybody, but sometimes it's really like a lot of communication coming back and right. forth, people helping each other out. We have a big Slack group now of about 500 people. Yeah, we hit the 500 mark this week, actually. Congratulations! Yeah. Give me time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and what's really interesting is that you have people from so many different backgrounds, and even though you might not necessarily meet somebody who has the same background, you find similar interests. Right. And, uh, and that I find really, really cool. Yeah. And and what your group has uh, between fifteen hundred to two thousand people in it. How about how many people attend each event? Uh, it really depends. Sometimes it's like a, like on a day uh, when it's a holiday, you might have less people. But sometimes we're like we take up half the cafe or something like that. So if, it's not a big cafe, but like fifteen people, something at, at a time. But we have four events, coffee and code events a week. And some of us are regulars. Some of people are regulars for a time and then get taken over by other people. So so it's kind of um, like a mobile co-working and people can all get together and co-work together and yeah. do their coding and learn and just have that intimate community feel. And yeah. you said you do this four times a week, which is yeah. a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I, I host myself two of them. Yeah. And uh, two other ones are hosted by other people from the community. Uh, so we have two volunteers for that. And then it's just basically paper. Hey, I'm going to be at this cafe. Whoever wants to join me can join me there. Um, 
So sometimes also you have people working together on a project. Right. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And when did you first fall in love with technology? Oh, that was very long time ago. So in, in 84, I was 12 years old. So that's 84 was like the time when computers started coming into the homes. And so my dad at the time was probably one of the first ones uh, in our area who bought a computer. So I'm from the Netherlands. I'm from the north of the Netherlands. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I spent time in Eindhoven. Oh, so I sweet. love the Netherlands. <laughs> Where are you from? From the north in a city called Stadskanaal. No, I haven't been there. Oh, I love the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a fairly small city, it's, it's fairly rural around it, so it's a fairly central city but still quite rural. Um, and then, uh, so my dad was one of the first who actually got a computer, and that was the Osborne, Osborne 1, which was sort of portable, <laughs> except really big and still heavy. Uh, but that's, that was my introduction, and uh, basically he let us play with it and do stuff with it. So this is how I started learning BASIC, and I built this which is a programming language yes so I um, I built this really long sort of game but it was all ASCII art and um, basically you travel around uh, meet different aliens of different planets and stuff like that so that was that's what I did and how did you go from the Netherlands to end up in Montreal Canada so and uh, be a community builder nonetheless (laughs) A lot of stuff happened in the meantime, obviously, but um, I, I ended up in Montreal through a job transfer, so I'd already started working at that point as a, as a localization engineer. Got a job in Montreal, which was more challenging because we'd be working with a lot more languages than, than the language you worked at in Amsterdam. Right. Challenging projects and doing more uh, team leading, basically. And so, yeah, that, that was really interesting. So that's so how it was I got a job that brought you out. And when was that trigger point? I mean, taking on building community is a huge undertaking. Yeah. It takes a lot of spirit. Well, I mean, I know you wanted a sense of community yourself. Yeah. But it's a lot yeah. to lead, be a community lead. Um, yeah. Why do you continue to do it? It does take a lot for me. At the same time, I grow a lot, you know? Right. The whole motivation behind this was really like, when I started working in the game industry, I did not have such a good experience. And when I lost that job, I basically wanted to create a space where everybody would feel included. And so that was the main motivation. And now, moving forward on that, like, I see that there's results. Right. I see that it makes a difference. It makes a difference in individual people, but also, like, uh, the recognition that we get is really important. It's still very hard, but the thing is, like, I, I don't do this alone, right? Uh, first of all, my partner has been backing me up from the get-go, so he's got a fairly well-paid job right now. He's got right. also 20 years experience, so he basically supports me financially to do this. So I didn't have that pressure to go find a job, so and basically just to go and, and do this thing. That's the first thing. And then... At some point, people get what it's about. And right. when they get it, then it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this, and this is really cool. The really thing is to start something. Like, you can talk to people, like, I'm looking for a co-founder, yeah. I want to do this, I want to yeah. do that. Until you actually start it and have something right. up and running, it's very hard for people to start getting involved. So once you're involved, it gets uh, a lot easier. It's not super easy. I still have, like, uh, lots of anxiety, and, like, I'm really not the same person. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. What's your vision a year from now, five years Mm. from now? What would your dream be? Yeah, so so what I'd like to be, our our 12-week program, I'd like that to be found uh, all across Canada, 
even just the states and uh, other countries as well. So I'd like to start branching out uh, our 12-week program, on boot camp program, to to other cities. Yeah, that's the start. And and where are you in that journey right now? Yeah. So right now we uh, lab 12 is basically a 12-week. Uh, unboot camp where we uh, an unboot camp, unboot like camp yeah. yeah as in unconference so it's it's peer-to-peer project-based collaborative learning uh, so what that means is you're uh, you're part of a team of two to three people you're also part of a learning circle of about ten people where right. you basically learn from everybody else around you and you help other people learn as well so you're really sharing what you what you know nobody comes in as a blank slate you're right. all coming in with your own experience uh, and then the larger cohort, which right now we're at about 20, I think we're at 20, 21 yeah. people right now. We're now at the fourth cohort. And this we've been doing them back to back for the last year. And we've been growing and tweaking that since, uh, since the last year. But actually it started already in February last year when right. we started doing uh, uh, Android study jams. We got some funding from Google to do that. And, Congratulations. Uh, and how were you able to make that happen? That was basically just having a good connection and being able to then use that to really explain, okay, this is what we want to do, and we'd like to do the Android study jams. Right. And uh, that's basically a program that normally is run by the the GDG, the Google Developer Groups, which are also local communities. And we basically worked with them to, to run this. So they were helping with the mentors, and we were basically organizing it. Yeah, so that was a really cool opportunity. So it got us to try out the idea of like people studying uh, online right. and bringing community into the mix. And uh, so we learned a lot. A lot of stuff didn't work well. Other stuff did work well right. for the type of people that we were targeting. And then from then on, it's just been like, okay, what works, what doesn't work? And then until we got to the idea of this, well, until we got to the actual running of this 12-week program. Yeah. So we started out small and just tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. Yeah. Like, okay, now... Um, so in October last year, uh, we collaborated with um, a co-op called Percolab. Uh, uh, Percolab. Yeah. yeah. And they do a lot of design thinking stuff and uh, and learning circles. They have a lot of experience with that. So they basically helped us get the first cohort off the ground. Yeah. That's so exciting. And if you had one ask for everybody listening, what can we all do as a community to support you and your success? <laughs> Well, obviously, we're all underfunded and <laughs> understaffed. So obviously, like it would help to, to receive some funding. So if you hear this and you're really interested in what we do and you'd like to financially support it, that would really help us out. Where then, can people go? So we have uh, my, my email address is roberta at pitonneux.com. Can you spell it? Yeah, pitonneux is P-I-T-O-N-N-E-U-X. And my name is Roberta, R-O-B-E-R-T-A. And um, how else can you help? Um, <laughs> if, you'd like, if you like the idea of Lab 12 and you'd like to have it in your community and you'd like to be able to set it up, uh, yeah. we, uh, we're really looking for other communities who'd like to make this happen. Yeah. So if you'd like to know more about that, get in touch as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is really like uh, trying to find out how we can make this set up in your community. And I think what you're doing with your Code and Coffee series is really great because it gives 
people sense of unity in Los Angeles, the way that Los Angeles became the third largest tech city in the world mm-hmm. started essentially with that same concept, having a hub where people can come together. Mm-hmm. How can people in their cities, let's say somebody lives in Bratislava or, you know, yeah, in yeah. like a smaller city, how can they create a, their own local coding coffee? Yeah, I think the easiest thing is to set up a group on meetup.com. Generally, those are also the places people go to are new to city and will say, okay, what's happening in my city? Especially people interested in tech, they already tend to be on meetup.com. And then uh, Facebook, obviously, as well, and start saying, hey, I'm doing this thing. Um, We get a lot more people coming through meetup, but uh, still there's a lot of people hear about us from Facebook. So it's basically trying to find out how do people find out about you uh, through social media or meetup.com. So that really depends on your uh, community, what's the most practical for you. Right. Meetup helps a lot because you can then group everybody into that, uh, on that website and you can uh, launch your events there. And then you can also repost them on Facebook. And what's one way that you overcome challenges? Um, asking for help. Like really asking for help is the thing I really needed to learn. Thank you so much for spending time with the Women in Tech podcast. I really appreciate it, especially on the Canadian Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You've been incredible, and I'm really looking forward to a lot of people getting in touch and, Mm -hmm. you know, really pursuing being a part of your community. I think it's important to create a safe place for people to be able to lean on one another and to ask for help. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to collaborate with more women in tech around the world, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group. Womenintechvip.com takes you straight there. Womenintechvip.com. Or say hello to the Women in Tech podcast at Women in Tech Show on all the socials. And I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This Women in Tech road trip is powered by Kia Nero Touring. We've been road tripping. Yes. There's three of us. We've slept in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've taken it to campsites. Wow. Look, it has a sunroof. Yeah. That is like so dope. I'm not kidding. This is like really bizarre. So dope. Because Kia was my last stop on my car buying journey. Um, It's so dope. But I was blown away. And this, I'm like, the stars are aligned. Yeah. And the the space in the back, super spacious. If I were to do a road trip again, I don't see me driving. And like the GPS working when there's no other cell reception, the heat and the cold seats, depending on the temperature outside, just everything. This car is amazing. This is incredible. It's so funny because we have an SUV and now like maybe we should be trading in our SUV yeah. and opting for the Nero as well. Maybe we'll go full Kia yeah. I mean, as a family because no, we do a lot of road tripping. A huge thank you to Kia for powering this road trip series of the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.